Hi, I'm Caleb. I'm Sean. And I'm Lisa. And this is Watch Your Harry, a podcast where three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. Um, As a reminder, uh, this is not safe for children. Uh, We will curse, swear, all of those things. Sometimes talk about, you know, inappropriate sex things. Just don't let your kids. Mm -hmm. When you said when you said we'll curse, I was in like Harry Potter mode. And it was like, we'll I will, we will curse your children. We will curse your children. And curse. And in the curse. Bad word way. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and we're definitely talking about sex. Yeah, it's almost certainly going to happen. Uh, I think that's mostly what this episode is about. So I can guarantee it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Um, so. Yeah. Do we want to just dive right in or do we want to like pretend to have some banter in the beginning? Uh, what, what what's everybody drinking? drinking? Oh, I forgot about our whole theme. It's the <laughs> whole fucking Wait, thing. Do you not said. remember? You've been God. doing this for like a year and a half. Guys, it's been thing. a really long week. So for reference, we're recording this during Thanksgiving weekend. It's been a long week for me, team. I'm tired. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> what's got you tired, Lisa Moen? It's the holidays. Yeah. Well, what are you Thanksgiving? It, it is Thanksgiving. Uh, that that is the holiday in which you watch all of the Tom Hanks movies, which Lisa is currently celebrating, observing, I should say. Yeah, yes. I'm observing, observing. You know, in in deep respect. So, Tom Lisa, Hanks. Lisa, what are you drinking to get yourself through this very long <laughs> holiday weekend? Um, well, uh, I uh, don't typically drink during Thanksgiving. It is a a holiday in which you sober up. Um, oh, it's I, a, make, I didn't oh, know it was a solemn occasion. Rules? Yeah, it's almost, it's it's a, almost Lenten. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it's so that you can refresh yourself after the holiday drinking and then become mm-hmm. a human being once more. Um, but I am drinking a beer that my friend Abby brought me. Um, it, she has like a beer subscription. So she gets sent beers from all over. And this is one of them that she brought me. It is from... Two Tides Brewing in Savannah, Georgia. Never been. Uh, it's called Fresh Never Frozen. And it's a sour ale with strawberry and s- strawberry soft serve. Oh, that sounds good. I think. Yes. Let's see. Let's I haven't see. tried it yet. I like beers. Oh, 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 oh no. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, oh, did Lisa I just... need help. I need help. so much help. <laughs> The screen is just, uh, is there a beer on the camera? All over my bed. Oh, oh no. no. It's straight up exploded. It's like a Mentos and a Pepsi bottle. It's just, oh God. This is, that was a, wow. What a, I didn't know. It's all over my computer. It's because you need to take, uh, take some time team. You take this, a minute. Okay. It's because you're drinking during the, during Thanksgiving. That's what hey. happens. Yeah. The Lord has punished you for drinking during oh, Thanksgiving. No. I'll be back. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, those of you at home won't know because I will have edited this out, but um, as you can maybe tell, Lisa's beer just immediately exploded <laughs> all over her upon opening. Uh, so we're, we're back. She has thrown all of her stuff in the washer, uh, and she's now going to report on how that beer tastes. God, it better be. It's going to be disgusting. I'm it's going to be so bad. And you had to pour it in a cup. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> What's it taste All like? Right. It tastes like strawberries. It's a strawberry oh, sour. 
Um, so but yes, says, instead of like a Pizza Hut cup, I don't know now what I'm drinking <laughs> out of. I just grabbed a glass because it was just still spewing out of oh the can. <laughs> it was a 16 ounce can that is now this much. Left. Oh no! So um, the rest of it is all over. Um, for context, the reason that I'm so upset because I'm recording in my bed, um, where I always record because I don't have a desk in my bedroom, and the it's like my this is my covid purchase i bought like a new a new no. comforter and like duvet and sheets and all of this like, it probably cost like 600 dollars total Oof. like just like so much and <laughs> all over my comforter. oh no oh no did you just is it like a recent purchase no i've had it for like a year and a half but okay it still hurts yeah, I spe- like I'm especially so considering as a person who's like always had dogs, there's not a single stain on this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I've been meaning to wash my sheets. There you go. Anyway, and it won't stain. It'll wash right out. The strawberry milkshake beer that I'm shouldn't. It'll probably stain. be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sugar based. Oh, all right. So hopefully, some less drama from you two. Hopefully. What are y'all drinking? Caleb, what you got? Um, I bought a box of wine for Thanksgiving that we oh. didn't drink. So I'm drinking Nighthawk Night Black. Nighthawk Black. Did you buy it because of the name? No, I bought it because it was on sale at Food Line in North Carolina. It's a yeah. uh, lush Pinot Noir, velvety, smooth, and luscious. Nice. And it tastes like a it's we've come so far since the franzia days yeah yeah like there's good box wine out here so this is like one peg down from boda and two pegs up from franzia um so it's decent so uh, this is my second glass of wine full disclosure nice be a little little buzzy by the end (laughs) contrary to the viewers beliefs is this is my first alcohol in like two or three days um no (laughs) Breaking your th- your Thanksgiving fast. <laughs> uh, um, I I am drinking scotch tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, classy. Um, we were in my husband and I were in Scotland uh, about a month ago now. Um, and so we were obviously drinking and trying a lot of scotch there. Uh, and we found one that we really liked, and they carry it here. So we uh, bought it over the weekend. Um, it's nice. Kualila 12 it's like from the island areas so it's super um like super smoky and it's very nice uh because even though I'm not I don't love whiskey I do love scotch like I'm not a big Irish whiskey drinker but I do really like scotch what do you like about it the smokiness yeah yep yeah so that's what I have all right well what are we talking about today yeah um we are talking about the man the myth the legend who's not actually a man half man the half Half man man, the half man uh rubius hagrid yeah and we're talking we're talking about him because um as many of you know robbie coltrane who um portrayed him in the movies passed away recently um and so i think that was it's been on our mind uh so we wanted Mm -hmm. to take the chance to talk about hagrid a little bit because he is such a like not only was like not only is Hagrid such a beloved like character in the series 
Uh, Robbie Coltrane is like known throughout the cast of being just like a kind soul and like across, you know, folks who've worked with him and, and things like that. Um, so uh, yeah, just like, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. So yeah. We're to- toasting one to Robbie today. Yeah. To Robbie. To, to Robbie. Boop, boop. Don't spill. Lisa. Rude. Okay. So if we're talking about Hagrid, um, before we kind of jump into Hagrid himself, uh, let's talk a little bit about giants, uh, because Hagrid is probably the most famous uh, half giant that we get in the series. And most of what we know about giants within the Harry Potter world really comes through Hagrid. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start, I know Lisa, the two of us did a little bit of digging into, um, the more sort of mythology and folklore aspects of giants outside of the Harry Potter universe, just to give us an idea of what the the conversation and the sort of archetype of giants are. Um, so do you want to start? Sure. Yeah. Um, I really just kind of put down what I know about um, the gigantes in Greek mythology um, and everything I know, I know from mythos by Stephen Fry narrated by Stephen Fry himself. Oh, um, I wonder, I, sorry, I have not read that yet, but I, every time I see it in the bookstore, I like want to get it. So, oh, bad. um, I would actually big time recommend the audiobook over maybe the reading. I don't mm-hmm. know. The reading is probably delightful. The audiobook is incredible because Stephen Fry is, as we know, the UK narrator of the Harry Potter audiobooks. Um, and just such a good, just a good read. Okay. I will check it out. Sorry. He wrote the book too. Um, so, okay. So the Gigantes, um, basically is where we get giants from, um, at least the word that we use it for. Um, so mostly this is kind of a, like an etymological history versus, um, kind of like where they ended up in folklore. Um, I think that there's a lot of background and where giants come from but basically the gigantes in greek mythology um they're the children of gaia mother earth and ornos father of the sky um and they're (laughs) horrifyingly uh born from the like blood of the genitals of ornos as they were cut off by chronos um and then the blood seeped into the earth and then the gigantes were born um along with like the furies and a bunch of other things Mm. um yeah so greek mythology always really lovely um but what's interesting is that in greek mythology the gigantes were not necessarily larger than life right they were about the same size as the titans and the gods and everyone else um so larger probably than human but not so large that they were like inconceivably huge but they were super super strong and they were also like monstrous um described as having like like serpent legs and crazy appendages and just like being, being monstrous. Um, what I did find interesting in there was that um, they can, they are kind of held in after the fight between the Titans and the gods, which the Titans lost. Um, the Gigantes were supposedly relegated to being like buried under volcanoes and they are responsible for the eruptions of volcanoes when they're angry. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get like the word giants from, but gi- gi- the gigantes actually comes from Gaia herself, um, mm-hmm. meaning like born from the earth versus like something super large. So giants is actually affiliated more with like earthbound beings versus um, overly large. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Very, very cool. So that's what I know. 
Where does the word ginormous come from? Oh, uh, I believe ginormous <laughs> comes from a frat boy, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and we we know that obviously, like there are also, if though not technically giants, like within Greek mythology, I'm thinking of like the Cyclops, which are yeah. clo- kind of close to what we would think of giants in terms of like fairy tale or folklore things mm-hmm, like that. Absolutely. Um, and uh, from just kind of very brief reading on my part, like a lot of cultures have the idea of giants, right? So, like in Northern Ireland, you have like giants causeway. Um, in the Bible, you have David and Goliath, who is some sort of like giant creature. Um, so yeah, giants so giants are all over the place in uh like mythology. Um, but I looked into them a little bit more in our fairy tale realm, thinking that that was probably where J.K. Rowling was gonna be pulling from, um, just based on, you know, some of these other uh like elfin creatures that we've talked about, how they they kind of more closely resemble their fairy tale counterparts so um our most famous giants are probably uh jack the giant and jack and the beanstalk um which uh that jack character is kind of connected to a series of fairy tales with a similar character called jack the giant killer um as well as uh the brave little tailor it might be another like giant fairy tale story that you guys are familiar with Definitely um, thought you were going for brave, brave little, little toaster. Me I know too. about that that connection. It's it's yeah. not no relation. Um, but giants in fairy tales are typically uh, humanoid, um, kind of you know, uh, like what we see in in Harry Potter, and they are often in possession of great wealth and magical items. So in Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, Jack climbs up and he, you know, gets in. He's in this massive castle um of the giant and he manages to steal a magic harp um and a goose who lays golden eggs they are giants are typically but not always aggressive towards humans um and sometimes they are i don't know if they, i don't know if cannibalistic is the right word because i guess they're not a human but they eat humans um in in some versions of these stories um there is one famous friendly giant which is Roald Dahl's the bfg big friendly mm-hmm. giant which every time I read, I'm like, why do you that big guy. fucking giant? Yeah. <laughs> it's a giant. It's a kid I was, story. I always read this big fucking guy. <laughs> big fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually so much funnier to just be like, That's, it's the big fucking hey, guy. It's that big yeah. fucking guy. <laughs> um, uh, wait, uh, did you yeah. just say that they, so did you just say about cannibal- cannibalism that like they are human? So what did so, you say? So I, I I said I don't know if they would be considered cannibals because gotcha. I, I guess they're not technically human, although they're gotcha. like humanoid. Um, yeah. But there are some versions of these tales where like they eat people. Yeah. Woof. Well, oh, yeah. Fee fi fo. Fee fi fo That guy, he. I'm uh, in the blood of the English. Right. He wanted to ground, grind his bones to bake his oh, bread. Yeah. Oh, gross. That's not even like how you make good bread. It's not even nice. It's no, not even it's nice not thing. How, how would you make it better with bones of humans? Is I wouldn't. The, is it flour? I think he's talking. I think he's going to. I think he's going to grind, grind the, him up and the put it in into the flour. flour. Right. Oh, uh, OK. Yeah. But yeah. I don't really know if that would work. Yeah, I don't either. Can't say. Can't Report say. back. No, just kidding. Can't, can't, can't say I've tried it personally. Um, Email us at Watch Your Harry Pod. Don't. I, 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 we don't want that. No. <laughs> don't tell us if you know. Um, 
so yeah, so that's uh that is fairy tale and mythology giants. So Caleb, you want to bring us into Harry Potter giants? Yes. Um, I didn't do it. I didn't write any of this research in here. So thank you for whoever did. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lisa. I read, I read <laughs> the whole Harry Potter wiki page on Hagrid today, but not about giants in general. So yeah, that's fair. Um, this is mostly just miscellaneous, anyway. <laughs> and thank you, Lisa, for writing all this down um so as we said giants in the hp universe are humanoids um and they can be up to 25 feet tall which is larger than giants in other folklore that we've discussed already um and so we know in the harry potter universe that there is some sort of hierarchical leadership structure in place um we know that the giants live out in the mountains in what do we know what country northern england is what they always say but nobody is that really what knows what that means because hagrid they, and is that where they go they go like, to france though and so i don't really know yeah, where them, maybe, they live in the mountains i guess they're everywhere oh. yeah oh, they're wonder, probably in like the alps right that would make sense yeah they i could see them being like um nomadic or semi-nomadic uh, because they are not uh, fun to be around and they're not really part of wizarding society so they might deal with some like discrimination I don't know they need a lot of space who knows so we don't know exactly what their social structures look like or, or where they're primarily based we don't know what kind of population we're working with we don't know um, if they're around the world or not um, so there's a lot of mystery around giants in Harry Potter universe. Um, we do know that they've mostly been hunted like out of existence by wizards. So they're probably like, maybe they move in like small bands, maybe they're nomadic, maybe they're just hidden really well. Um, and they were pushed out into the mountains. Um, and we know that they fight amongst each other a lot. So we don't get very much um, firsthand accounting about giants within the narrative of the story, but we hear uh, we hear some firsthand things from Hagrid from when he goes to try to recruit them to, I guess, to fight for the Order's side, um, to try to get them away from Voldemort's side. Um, their blood contains magical properties that protect them from certain spells. So we even see this in the books when, God, do they try to stun Hagrid? They do in um, uh, the six, right? Is that yeah? Like there are a lot of things they seem to just always try to stun Hagrid. Yeah, so Hag, you just like can't take him down, and it's probably because he has giant blood. Um, and oh, here's this last point, Lisa. Maybe you could speak more to this. So supposedly in the U.S., giants were more acceptable in public, and are even seen having drinks in a pub in Fantastic Beasts. I cannot speak to that uh, as much as like I read it and uh, saw the clip in Fantastic Beasts. And I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's like the house elf thing, right? It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. What's going on in Fantastic Beasts? Do we accept any of it? We don't know. Yeah. And the not, United States is not canon. It doesn't feel like it would be canon. It doesn't feel right? like canon. No. Um, can we can we spend a minute here on the giant communities um yes. because i i'm really curious about them because all we as, as you said um caleb 
we only experience the giants through the lens of wizards. And we know that wizards have clearly a prejudice against giants. They have hunted them. Um, They are, I'm assuming they are, they are one of the creatures that is not allowed to have a wand because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Umbridge said something about Hagrid being able to do magic or being, you know, Mm -hmm. allowed into uh, Hogwarts. Um, When we, spend when when Hagrid is recalling his time in the mountains um with Maxine you know making offerings to the giants the the gurgs right is that what mm-hmm. they're called the yeah, yeah. yeah the leader is called a um, gurg um i mean he makes them sound like brutes right like they're just constantly attacking each other they mm-hmm. they have to start making offerings to a new leader because the one is like overthrown and his like head is pulled off. Yeah. Um, it's like hyper, hyper violent, but obviously we're only knowing this through the eyes of two half giants who have been completely socialized into the wizard community. Right. Um, and I, I am curious, like, I'm pretty sure we know that in um, like Voldemort's first rise to power, the giants were on his side because I think he offered them more freedoms than they currently had Mm -hmm. um so they are clearly like they are this marginalized community in some way and they might be really violent like we don't actually we know that they are violent but we don't know if that's just because we are forcing these massive people up into like this one very small space and tensions are rising like we don't really have the full story of giants because they have been so persecuted mm-hmm. yeah and they say that there used to be like hundreds of tribes in just like europe alone um mm-hmm. terms of like just like how far reaching giants population used to be um and now they're down to maybe only like a few hundred giants like it's not um versus like a few hundred tribes mm-hmm. um so the yeah they've just been like really really pushed pushed to their limit um yeah, like yeah, I'm sure so they had, co- yeah, like different cultures among the different tribes and all that stuff. But now, right? I well, see... they even say that, right? Like, there's different languages amongst them. There's different yeah. cultures. There's different things, and so like all of the giants living together in one place is is like hyper mm-hmm. violent because there's so many different things going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's like scarcity of resources and competition that maybe in these later times have pushed um, more toward like a propensity for violence than maybe in the past. Um, Even when we're, so I know we're going to talk a lot about Hagrid's parents, um, but Hagrid was born in 1928, which well predates the first wizarding war. Um, And maybe times were like really, maybe times were different or do we, like, I, 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 I just wonder, like, it's been pushed out for a long time. Like, probably it's a very been long time, actually. Yeah. Like, I yeah. imagine that as soon as wizards really started, like, establishing their own, like, organizations and things like yeah. that, they were pushing giants to the fringes. Yeah. yeah. I think, I, I mean, I know we're going to talk about this in a minute. And I think we mentioned this in a past episode, but like, <laughs> The way she just like didn't have to make giants the way that they were in this because like mm-hmm. if the fact that we have Hagrid does not make any sense nope. to me whatsoever. I don't even know how these two people met. I have so many questions, and I'm not even talking about the like the mechanics the, of how the mechanics. this happened. No, all of those, all of those <laughs> questions. Yeah, no, I like 
Oh goodness. Should we just dive into that? Okay. Yeah. Let's. Okay. So that's let's so that's it. Giants. Um, let's let's get to Hagrid himself. Can we talk about how to say his first name? Rubius. Rubius. I've heard it said Rubius too. Rubius. I'm gonna go with Rubius because that's what up. it says in the movies. Is it okay? Yeah. Because maybe I heard Rubius recently. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Then there we go. Settled. Also, I don't, I don't like Rubius. I don't like the way that sounds. Look, Rubius. Me neither. Rubius. Rubius. (laughs) So he was born on December 6, 1928. Um, His father was a wizard human and his mother was the giantess Fridwolfa. Yeah. Fridwolfa, right? Fridwolfa. Um, How? How? Let's just yeah, let's just talk about it. Let's yeah, just talk let's about just, how. This is what it. we've been trying to we wanted we've been wanting to talk about this. So like, okay, so I'm making a lot of assumptions here, right? When I'm thinking about this. I did a lot of I did a lot of fake math. This one again. This is a this is oh, a least. I love episode. when you do fake math for the these episodes. <laughs> okay. We're gonna get into way more of it later on, but right now we'll start here because this isn't really it. But like I'm really just starting to think of the, the mechanics, right? So I'm making some assumptions here that Hagrid's dad is six feet tall. Just make. Oh, he's up. not though, because he's because Hagrid says he's a little guy. He used to put him on top of like the cabinet. Maybe he's little to Hagrid. But that's kind of the assumption I make. But making. you can't put a six foot man on top man, of cabinets. I'm just making a straight because it's the only way that this might work, right? Okay, but for the record, the I, I think his dad's sense. like five, five. Five. Okay, but uh, even I don't know. I, either way, like. So Frid Wolfa can't be that tall because Hagrid, obviously half human, so it doesn't count. But Groff is only like 16 feet tall and she was pissed that he was too small. So I'm assuming that she is also not very big because her children and offspring are not very big. Well, Groff, what they said is he was like the runt, right? I think that's like how they refer to him. Yeah. But like she abandoned him because he was too small. So I'm making an assumption that if giants can grow up to like 25 feet tall, then she's on the smaller side and maybe she's only like 18 to 20 feet tall. Mm. Okay. That's still, still really, still really big. big. Really I know. I tried to justify it. I tried for a while to justify this, um, but you can't, you can't. The ratio mm. just makes no sense. And then the, yep. I got nothing on this one. And like, I, I want to know how did they how did they meet? Correct. Mm-hmm. What did they and like and like what what was their relationship like? Because she stuck around for three years after Haggard was born, and that mm-hmm. so that I think is something that J.K. Rowling just doesn't want to talk about because it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Like yeah, I, I do think that basically everything surrounding Haggard's birth like is basically retconned by everything we learn about giants later. <laughs> Correct. Because yeah. like, how does she? Yeah, because he says like he's like, oh, when mom left, like dad was heartbroken or whatever, and it's like, was he? Oh, was he? so they had an actual relationship. That's like that is how Hagrid described. I mean, correct. Right? But again, like, he was a three year old, so who really knows? But like, hmm. but again, he was three when she left. So like, where were they living? Yeah, hmm. if she's like twenty feet tall, she can't live in like a house with them. So like did the did 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 she just bring her human? Like it just Fred Wolfa doesn't seem the type to stick around with her human man. She doesn't. I agree. Especially because mm. Hagrid is 
11 feet tall, 11 feet, six inches, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's supposedly this, that's teensy tiny for a giant. I, she's probably pissed. Yeah. So I got, we, I've got more questions than I have answers for, for their relationship. Yeah. And there's some things I don't really want answers to like the mechanics of it. Yeah. I don't really need to know. There's a ton on Reddit about this question. What does Reddit say? So I almost took a screenshot, but instead I closed the window. (laughs) Um, Someone someone was like, okay, so if the average human penis is six inches long, (laughs) and I don't feel like going down this route in terms of mechanics, but someone actually did some Lisa math on penis size and... um, how it could have effectively been utilized to impregnate this giantess. And it's possible. And also magic. Well, okay. Okay. But like, it's not, I mean, it, 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 she, he didn't make it eight feet. (laughs) Like it doesn't, I don't think it makes sense. Even with magic. I don't like that you brought up magic now. And magic it's, it's like magic it's, it's like, like magic. <laughs> i love oh. magic <laughs> I, I wonder like did they did they want to get pregnant like would they have tried to make it happen because then it makes more sense if they were like all right let's use some spells to like let's get this going equals two but if they were just well, like why on earth would she try to get fair yeah, unless she was trying know. to have like a like a wizard giant she was trying to have a giant wizard hybrid right which is interesting and 11 feet tall is not tall enough but she was hoping to have like a like an 18 foot tall wizard yeah and smarter than Hagrid probably but like you but like you said the alternative to like them not like actively trying to get pregnant is that yeah like they were just like rolling around and it happened but like but like Okay, but this would be like the equivalent of like like someone fooling around with like an, an apartment building. Like this is he was like eighteen feet tall. I mean, listen, we've all seen the boys, or at least you and I have. Okay, so Lisa, that oh. was actually what I thought of was the beginning of season three of the boys because that is actually yep. the only thing that makes like, sense to me. So what? what that he, how that does, he's a, he's like an Ant Man. This guy, um, his whole body in, up in there? the boys. Yeah, yes. he jumps oh, okay. right up into uh, his partner's like urethra <laughs> why is he in the urethra because he's going through to get to his prostate and then oh he thank god sneezes. okay it's bad no it's but we don't have to talk about what happens it doesn't end well but theoretically oh this is this is the only thing that makes sense to me is that like Hagrid's dad's just entire body just is, oh that's what i think of every time there. i think i'm like it yeah. just like gives full new meaning to like hot dog down a hallway you know yeah you know that yeah. scene in the Matrix where they unplug Neo from <laughs> just like <laughs> yes, like that. He's just like coming out of the goo. Yeah. Everybody's collectively very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> this is this is this is this is where we lose at least all of our like internet. Okay, but followers. you know what? This isn't on us. This is on JK because she wrote this. We didn't yeah. write this. We're just yeah. trying to make sense of it. We oh God. Yeah. Well. So that's how I think it happened. Yeah. And I feel like we all think about it because it's like one of those weird intrusive thoughts. And you're like, no, get out of there. Yeah. Do you yeah. think they were in love? No. I, I I would say no, based on everything we know about giants going forward. But like yeah. she did stay for three years. She stayed for three yeah. years. And supposedly 
dad was heartbroken. Hmm. Right. So, so like, yeah, so I don't know. Something went down between the Hagrids and Frid Wolfa. I wonder, was he like a anthropologist? Was he a statesman? Was he so many questions? A wizarding military? We're never was it like know. how did we'll it happen? Know. He would have had to have some kind of cultural competence in giants to give her the right gifts to get in her pants. Oh. I don't know. It's weird. We, we doesn't assume. make any sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also he could have just offered her like a lifetime of magic. Oh, well, because they are fascinated by magic. Right. Right. So like when they go to give them gifts, um, like when uh, Hagrid and Maxine go to give them gifts, I think like Dumbledore makes like an enchanted, right, like an ever burning fire. Yeah. Um, Because they say like so I'm assuming that they are they are they are magic, but like they cannot do magic. Mm -hmm. So correct. Right. So I think magic itself is like extremely like fascinating to them and also it's like they they covet it see this is now my theory is that Fred wolf is just going around preying on like lonely wizards and trying to build her giant wizard army she's wand hopping that <laughs> that rules i want to see that spinoff <laughs> this is i wasn't a theory i had before but it is now a theory i currently hold it's Who's, canon who it's is canon. grops who's grops daddy we don't know. Oh, just we don't a regular know. old giant, I think. Another giant. You know, sometimes she's got to get her needs met elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Frid Wolfa. Frid Wolfa. She's very yeah. well. Okay. Yeah. So that's so that's that. We don't have to linger that's on that, that. We don't anymore. Need to linger there. We've only um, we had a 10 head... minute conversation. Yeah, we can head we can head back up. Um <laughs> and so the the idea is that uh yeah, so Fred Wolfa sticks around Haggard's life, but he doesn't know his mother, right? Only his dad. So he's raised by his dad, and then he goes to Hogwarts. And get this, friends. According to like the wizarding world of Harry Potter, not just like the Harry Potter lexicon or Harry Potter wiki or the fan or anything, he was in Gryffindor. He's very brave. He, he is, is like, but like he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Oh, well, I, like, he I fights in the like, order. So do Hufflepuffs. <laughs> the anti-Hufflepuff, the Hufflepuff stigma is so strong on this show. Gosh, I, I, I just, I always assumed, and I feel like most people did always assumed that Hagrid was in fact a Hufflepuff. I assumed he was a Gryffindor just because Dumbledore favored him so much. Excellent but point. I thought he must that be a is a good point. That is a he's good point. He's very brave. I'm not saying he's not. He's so are plenty of Hufflepuffs. He always like fights for the little guy and does the right thing and like uses his giant body to fight people. Um, Come on. Okay. Here's some. Right. Here's you're something though, Lisa, to consider. He's also very dumb. <laughs> He's very dumb. He's very dumb. So that maybe the Gryffindor door. thing does make some sense. I really do yeah. think it makes sense. He feels kindred it, to me. I just, I guess I just felt, <laughs> I guess I just felt pretty, pretty surprised because I just, I feel like that's not, I, I like, I didn't feel that way in like independently. I feel like I felt that way because other people have made that point and like Hufflepuff made sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I mm. guess I was wrong. Well, but anyway, um, 
moving on to how Hagrid does at Hogwarts. So we all know that Hagrid in his third year gets expelled for murdering another girl. Uh, Moaning Myrtle, right? Yep. So now Dumbledore remains convinced of his innocence. And we know, we know that he was completely innocent, that he did not have anything to do with the death of Moaning Myrtle, that he was just harboring a fucking acromantula in the school. Which also, I mean, a murder waiting to happen. Correct. Mm -hmm. Also not good. Um, But now follow the logic of the school board here, right? Um, They expel Hagrid because they have enough proof because Tom Riddle says, I found this monster. It was definitely Hagrid. He admits to owning it. It's his fault. And they're like, yeah, you're right. Let's expel this motherfucker. Now, he doesn't go to any kind of prison, right? They don't send him to like Azkaban Jr. or somewhere other, right? They Mm -hmm. let him stay at the school where he murdered another student. Yeah. I mean, I feel like of everything we know of the wizarding legal system at Hogwarts that does kind of track. I know, but but like, but then why expel him at all? Mm. That's a good point. Maybe like it was literally political. letting him live there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, just... I wonder if they were like, okay, this evidence is circumstantial. We don't have real proof, but this looks really bad. And the parents are going to be up in arms if we don't do something. So let's expel him and like theoretically like take away his job. Yeah, Dumbledore be wildin'. I wonder if younger Dumbledore was like more manipulative than we think of him as. Like if he like played politics. Like did he play dirty politics? Did he like threaten people or like blackmail people? I'm sure he blackmailed people. I bet yeah, he didn't. Right. I bet he didn't threaten people in the same way, but I bet he was like, you know, going to people and be like, Seymour, we know what you do on Thursday nights with your ex-wife's gardener. One <laughs> <laughs> uh, one day we were like, one day we'll do a, a Dumbledore episode because, and it'll be five hours long while we dig into everything terrible this man has ever done our um, dumble deep dive dumb dumble dumble deep dive um <laughs> but i yeah i mean i do think dumbledore would threaten people because i think oh. we've seen him threaten people mm-hmm. plenty of times but he's not yeah. shy about it no mm-hmm. he's smarter than everybody and he uses that to his advantage which and i'm sure that's what he did he was able to like convince the school board to keep hagrid on campus because he was an orphan he didn't have anywhere to go like where would you have sent this half giant 13 year old who now has to learn how to control his magic on his own without the help of anyone else? Right. Cause his father dies, oh. I think right after he starts Hogwarts pretty much. I know he says mm-hmm. that he is second year. Yeah. He's, he's dead by the time these events happen. Cause I think he says like, at least my dad didn't have to see me get expelled. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Dumbledore convinced them that it was safer to like have him that makes with, more sense within maybe. sight or something. I don't know. Right. Like they could keep an eye on him then that way, make sure yeah, he's like not using him. magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But 
either way, that was what I thought was always really funny about his expulsion is like, what? It's like more of like a rehabilitative, restorative model of justice than (laughs) actually would exist. That's true. But yeah, no, that would not exist in the Harry Potter world. They are, they've got one place for every crime and it's go get your soul (laughs) sucked out in this building. Yeah, it's so bad. Like the worst. So when it, when the chamber opens again, remind me of the, I suddenly don't remember. Do they send him to Azkaban? Yeah, they send him straight to Azkaban. God. And that is, that is beyond circumstantial. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that, and even even Fudge is like bad business, Hagrid. Bad business. <laughs> it's like, but I have to do something. I have to act. Yeah. And, and, like, and, you know, I didn't do it. He's like, yeah, I know that, but I'm doing it anyway. So you can just fuck right off. Right. Imagine being like, we don't have ev- any evidence against you, but go to magical maximum security prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's ob- objectively so very rude. It's going to be you, Hagrid, and then people who do like mass murder, like (laughs) big time mass murder. Right. You're sending you. We're sending you to the same place that we sent Sirius Black. Yeah, we know that Sirius didn't do anything, but but that's not the point. But that's not the point. They didn't know that because they think dangerous criminal. Hagrid says something about like seeing Sirius Black in Azkaban as though yeah. like they're celebrating right next to each like, other. Nearish by. Oh and God. they're just going to the same jail. It's wild. It's wild. And you know that that guy who got like caught for fucking goat charming, you know, Aberforth, <laughs> if he'd gotten caught and fucking more goats, he would have gotten sent to Azkaban for the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So imagine, so in those jail cells, you have a goat fucker. I'm not really sticking you, up for the goat fucker. But. <laughs> I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak up for Aberforth, the goat fucker. So you would have the goat fucker next to Hagrid, who's completely innocent, next to like a mass murderer. That's who's not also how, that, completely innocent. But, that's not the point, you know. though. That's not how this is supposed to work. All but three of those people can't be in the same jail. Sometimes. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, Lisa? But then also this guy just turns into a dog sometimes and no one notices. How are oh these cells God. laid out? so dumb mm. we're gonna have to have an azkaban episode it's gonna be in our <laughs> so okay oh, yeah, so yeah. all right so we're on the timeline of hagrid's life yep hagrid gets expelled he gets to stay on he ends up becoming the um uh gamekeeper at hogwarts and uh my favorite title which they really only use in sorcerer's stone but he is keeper of the keys at hogwarts of the keys he just says it's like in his own personal title yeah, and it's so cool. And then we like yeah. never hear about it again. They're just like, oh, he's the gamekeeper. But the gamekeeper um, and the keeper of keys at Hogwarts. Yes. But the, yeah, that is how he's introduced to us um, in Sorcerer's Stone. Um, we know that uh, Dumbledore has an incredible amount of faith in Hog- in Hagrid. He gets asked to do some of the, um, the most important kind of high profile stuff. He is the one who delivers a baby Harry to the Dursleys um, right after his parents are killed. He is the one who collects Harry from the Dursleys to begin Hogwarts. Um, he picks up the Sorcerer's Stone. He is one of the, the you know, one of the people at Hogwarts who is in charge of protecting the Sorcerer's Stone. Bad idea, as we find out. But um, he eventually becomes a professor, which, like, my man should not be a professor, but whatever. Mm-mm. I guess no. he's, I guess he's allowed. He's a great guy. Great personality. 
should be in prison for what he does as a professor at Hogwarts. Right. Not for. No, he should. He should be in prison, just not for what he was actually in prison for. Correct. Yeah. What do you think he should be in prison for? He is illegally breeding very dangerous animals and then just turning them loose on children. Yeah. That. Yep. No argument. Yep. Not good. Not good. Like, and also, where did he get fluffy? Where did he get any of these things? He shouldn't be allowed to breed acromantulas in the forbidden forest, yet here we are. And then also importing wives for them. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Don't. Oh my God. No. And then he had. Do you remember the dragon? Do you remember Norbert? Norberta, the dragon yeah, yeah. that he won off of a guy in a pub, and then yeah, he and he, he raised like... in his wooden home. I was about to call him a subject matter expert, but y'all are <laughs> Is really he making me rethink it. Is He's he got a, a neck. He's definitely got a knack for he making has a animals. Passion. Bone. Yeah, he uh, has yeah. a passion. I wouldn't say that gives him any kind of good judgment. He's more of an amateur curiosity. interest. Yeah. He's kind of an anarchist. Totally. That's yeah, and that is a good that is a good point. <laughs> I guess that is one way to look at it. He is ungovernable. <laughs> he, is, he is ungovernable. And we do know that he does actually know his shit because he is a successful gamekeeper, right? Like he yeah. has the yeah. only domesticated festival herd probably in the UK. Mm-hmm. He um, is knows just as much about unicorns as Grubbly Plank, which they were all very surprised about, right? Yeah. Um, and so he knows his shit. He does. He just chooses not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like he, like literally, you could tell. Like when they were talking, they were talking about the unicorns thing. They were saying how it's like, wow, we're so impressed that Hagrid like actually knows what he's talking about. And he's like really knows quite about as much as unicorns as as anybody does. Um, and so he's he's quite an expert. You could tell he just wasn't that excited about it because they weren't dangerous enough. Oh yeah. Like he was only thrilled and hyped on things that could claw your eyes out, like hippogriffs or thestrals or like other other things. I'm yeah. surprised he wasn't sent on more missions off campus, to be honest. Like, all the time. Just to get them, get them he, off he campus. He shouldn't be near the students. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, and not to mention that, and again, nothing shockingly untoward was going on with Ron, Harry, and Hermione, but, like, he has them over to his house all the time. That was inappropriate. He's an adult man who lives yeah. in a hut near the woods. And he drinks alcohol a lot like, near them around them. Yeah. And bakes them rock cakes. Food. Yeah. That okay, that that being said, um <laughs> I I mean I I have no problem like suspending the disbelief because one of the things I really love about Hagrid and something that I think is really beautiful about Harry Potter in general is that like Harry Potter is about found family. It's about chosen family. Totally. Um and so I personally when I'm reading it going in with that mindset I like suspend all disbelief about like should this 70 year old man right he's old as fuck yeah he's very old um I'm assuming he lives I I assume giants can live longer well and we also know that like wizards live longer in general right so like 70 is not that old yeah Mm -hmm. um it's not that old anyway like now as I think about it and I'm like sorry parents you're getting 
older. Like, I don't really feel like they're old. I just feel like they're my parents and they're getting to an older age, but it doesn't like, it feels weird now that I'm changing my like perception of like what's old. I was just reading about him earlier though. I was thinking of like how great Danes don't live very long because their hearts are massive. And I was like, That's true. Shit, shit, but apparently die giant, young, but wizard I, blood. Giants are the opposite of that, apparently. Oh god. Possibly. Um, but I because I I I love the relationship, obviously, between Hagrid and Harry Same. and Hagrid and the trio. Um it is I, I think I read in an interview with JK Rowling, because we've talked before how she is like had mentioned in the past that um there were multiple characters that she had thought about killing off but didn't like um Arthur Weasley was going was potentially going to die in the fifth book um she had thought about killing Ron at some point and she said in interviews that she was never going to kill Hagrid like he was he was always safe. too good for this world yeah um yeah. and I I I love him as this constant um like a mix of like a parental and an older sibling character totally. for, you know, figure for Harry. Um, and he is out, out of all the kind of found family that we have in Harry Potter. Like he to me is the, maybe because he was the first, the first that he's we like get. The most constant. He's the mm-hmm. most constant. Um, and he just like feels so much like home in this story. I agree. No, I don't get me wrong. I love his relationship with them. I actually have no beef with it. Just looking at it from the lens of like parents who are like, you know, like you let my children do what? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He, in today's world, he would be in prison. <laughs> but granted, all of Hogwarts is like, you let my children do what? Everyone in Hogwarts should be in prison. <laughs> Everyone. A hundred percent. I mean, Dumbledore should absolutely be in prison. But then Dumbledore again, does essentially war crimes every single book. It's true. And then he literally just challenges them. He's like, OK, well, good luck catching me, bitches. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, okie dokie. He's slippery, that Dumbledore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hagrid, I see Hagrid as like an uncle figure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He saves Harry as a baby, like from the wreckage of the house. Um, oh. And he's like so, gen- and they talk yeah. about how gentle he is with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And the the first time we meet uh, Hagrid um, in, in Sorcerer's Stone when they're in that like dreary little cottage on Harry's birthday. And he like bursts in the door in, in midnight. Um, I think that is the most joyous chapter in, mm-hmm. in the whole series. Um, there is something be- because we have like, we've only known Harry for like this first couple of chapters and he's so miserable and it's just this terrible life. And it doesn't seem like anything is ever going to go right for him. And then to, you know, to have Hagrid come and he's this like, big burly man with his like squashed birthday cake and his owls in his pockets and he's like Mm -hmm. he is the first truly magical thing like we've seen little bits like we've you know the glass disappearing and um in the zoo and some sort of strangely dressed people talking to harry on the street but he is the first like magic like the magic is here um And, you know, Harry talks about falling asleep and waking up and being so sad because he thinks it's a dream. And then he wakes up and like Hagrid is still is still like there on the, Mm -hmm. you know, on the couch in this little in this little cottage. Um, And 
even though we we go through obviously a lot of highs and lows in the Harry Potter series, for me, that is like the the pinnacle of happiness totally. in Harry Potter is, is Hagrid's entrance and like bringing magic to Harry. I mean, that memory is literally Harry's happiest memory when he's learning to do a Patronus, yeah. right? Like that's oh. the one that finally gets him to be able to produce a full Patronus because he's finally like, if me finding out that from Hagrid that I'm leaving the Dursleys forever isn't a happy memory, I don't know what is. That's so sweet. I forgot about that. So no, Hagrid is such a like, he's always, he's, He's such a he's such a plot driver, right? Because it's very convenient that Hagrid is terrible at keeping secrets, mm-hmm. right? So we like we we learn a lot from Hagrid as we as we go, um, especially in the first book, right? Like the first book is very much like Hagrid just like accidentally like like oh the kids need to learn this piece of information. Let's just Hagrid mm-hmm. accidentally tell them. Yeah, sure. I feel like Hagrid's like most uh, most common refrain is like, but you didn't hear it from me. Right. Shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Um, so like, but Hagrid is also like the the moments in Hagrid's hut where they're just like chatting and like being kids and hanging out with Fang and like doing all of those fun things. They're the mm-hmm. best moments in the book mm-hmm. because it's like the most it's like the most cozy it's the most fun it's the most like everybody's just like being themselves and it's lovely and he treats them like adults yeah always has actually like like as peers and friends way before the other authority figures do even though they're constantly in adult situations like mm-hmm. he's the only one treating them with any kind of respect yeah um and then we see that it's it's a two-way street the relationship when um uh in prisoner of azkaban when he reaches out to hermione for help with um buckbeak's buckbeak's case yeah he he like like it's like a it's a it's not just like a mentor and mentees it's like no they're friends and he relies on them just as much yeah Yeah, and then even later in the books he's like why didn't you come see me why aren't you taking my classes like very much they're like their their chosen family yeah Yeah. in a in an almost neville like way he's a very openly vulnerable character yeah which Mm -hmm. is really beautiful especially as a child who's been through lots of trauma in his Mm -hmm. life right being abandoned by his mother then his father dying and being expelled for something he didn't do and then Mm -hmm. having to live on the castle of the school where you don't get to learn how to be a wizard I wonder if he was like a little bit relieved to not have to go through the rest. Oh, of probably because he wasn't very good at it. But he yeah. is he is a character that just kind of by everything in his nature functions on the like outside of society or on like the very like outer outer rim of society Um, mm-hmm. because he is half giant and he is obviously half giant and he faces prejudice from that. He was expelled from Hogwarts. He's not, you know, he's living in this wizarding world, but he is not technically allowed to use magic. Um, he right. is just like othered in so many ways throughout, and yet he is still a very open and loving character throughout all of it. Right. Despite like never hearing about Hagrid's friends, because I don't think he really has any friends. Mm. Well, I right. think it's, I mean, I don't, I think we've talked about this before. Like 
all of the Hogwarts teachers are super isolated. So I think totally. they are all friends because like there is because he like goes Correct. to the pub yeah, like, and he, stuff like, with goes them. To the pub with them mm-hmm. and, and things like that. I think that is true. But like, but still, right? Like, you know, but he's, like, he's clearly very lonely because yeah. like when you have that exchange that Harry and Ron over here with him and Maxine in the garden at, at the Yule Ball, he is, you know, is basically telling her like, I never thought I would meet someone like mm-hmm. myself and it kind of shows like this isolation that he has been experiencing for his entire life yeah yeah, and maybe seeking connection with really dangerous creatures to fill that void <laughs> uh, I mean actually that makes a lot of sense yeah like he wanted to nurture Norbert or Norberta um he like wanted to raise you know he like wants to be friends with these kids like he's seeking intimacy yeah he's seeking he he like he's a he's a character with a lot of love that nobody wants but these other creatures that are also dangerous or Saul is being like a menace or danger to society like they respond really well to him like you know like Aragog won't won't kill him like he they say he says like he is the only he's a friend to us and our family he's the only human who's allowed to safely go through our territory like he raised mm-hmm. Fl- like he's he, he can control fluffy that's why mm-hmm. he was you know gave him to dumbledore like he domesticated the thestrals um all of these creatures that are supposed to yeah. that other people are scared of are yeah. loved and cared for by hagrid and love and care for him in return yeah right, because he like sees his reflection in all of them my God, yeah. that's so beautiful. I never thought and about like, that before. The monster book of monsters. He's like, well, of course you just stroke the spine. Like, like Hagrid so funny. has. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I think he knows intuitively that there's a way to connect with every type of being. You just have yeah. to like have compassion and know what yeah. you're doing. Uh, yeah. He's the best of them all. Mm. Hagrid and Neville are the best of them all. Oh. But he hates Slytherins, and I love that. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> it's all right. He's like oh. compassion for everyone, but Slytherins. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know what? The Slytherins are openly cool to him. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I get that. That's super fair. I bet mm-hmm. if there was a, the odd Slytherin who, like, would come down and be like, I'm really interested in your evil creatures. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> buddy, you've come to the right place. <laughs> uh, I, I love when we do these deep dives because so now we've done Ron, Neville, and now Hagrid. And I feel like I leave them like just like loving these characters so, so much more, more than I did before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have two. I have a question. For both of you and it's a stupid question don't get excited okay no such thing okay so i'm revisiting question. um there is and this is one of them okay um cool. <laughs> uh so madame maxine and hagrid right mm-hmm. half giants um and um half half magical folk um so if they have children do you think it's possible that they could just give birth to one full giant oh i I think mm. technically yes. Right? Is that, how, is that how magical genetics work? Is the giant uh, uh the giant would be a dominant gene, right? I have no idea. I actually would say no, right? They don't seem to be um mutually exclusive actually because they yeah. like come together. Mhm. 
in as, as terms of a, a height restriction. Um, mm. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, that was that was my really stupid question. I, okay, I, I actually need could. I need someone who is listening who like knows genetics. Like I need them right. to answer like, this I, question. All for I us. can do is like a Punnett square, right? Like, I was gonna say I, we yeah, do exactly. a Punnett square. Right I here, did but... terribly in college genetics. Like I got a D, and I was freaking Lisa. I remember your fruit flies and like when they all died. They didn't die. Didn't they? No. Never mind. I'm sorry. I remember how hard that class was. Oh, because I did quite well in my lab. I did very terribly on the tests um, because I didn't like going to class. Um, oh, but I yeah. did like my you lab. You lived with me. <laughs> so I did, I did quite well. But also because genetics is really dull Yeah. in general. Like I, I know for some folks, it's really, really fascinating. For me, it was not. Um, I think like the concept of it is, but like, well, either way, I digress. The like you could do like a Punnett square, right? And then like kind of fill it out. And then you'd have like, it would basically look like giant in one corner, half wizard, half giant, half wizard, half giant, and then wizard in the like, feels like that's what it would look like. Yeah, I wonder yeah. like with magical blood. Um, so magical blood seems to be really strong Pretty like strong. A, a squib is like a rarity yeah but, uh, or but way more rare than muggleborns it seems yeah, yeah. right mm. so there there seemed uh, so maybe the wizard gene is the dominant gene but i still think there is like some universe where that child could be full giant and that would be a great what if it's fic. full giant with magical powers well, it, okay, if that's the case, then someone somewhere Fridwolfa is like it finally what like my plan, that's what I'm my saying. long I plan. Think Fridwolfa, I think okay, I want this fanfic. Fridwolfa and her army of wizard giant children. She's just throwing it around town. Wow. That's that's a spin-off universe. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. So um do we have any final questions about Hagrid? Okay, Lisa has a hand up. Yes, Lisa, what are your questions? Um, so it's not a question. Um, I would just really like to discuss JK's dimensions of Hagrid. Oh my God, yes. So this is Lisa's fake math. <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> it, there's so much. Please, Lisa, walk us through this. Oh, oh, okay, Hagrid in the books is described as like twice as tall and three times as wide as a human man, right? His hands are described as big as dustbins that's fucking massive but like okay um so anyway i pulled some some stats so his feet were also described as the size of a baby dolphin that can't be true no it can't be so i just prove it so here we go so approximately 25 centimeters is about a size 10 shoe, which is apparently the average shoe size for men in the U.S. I know it's for U.S. It was what I could find easy peasy without Googling too hard. Um, 175 centimeters is about the average height of men in the U.S. That's so about 5'9", roughly. Um, and so that's men who are 5'9", with size 10 feet, right? Okay, neat. Um, Hagrid is roughly 350 centimeters tall. So he's nearly double, right? So they said mm -hmm. that twice as wide or twice as tall. Um, now we know, cause I looked it up on the internet, the average size length of a baby dolphin is between 
100 and 135 centimeters. Now, if we do just like a really quick ratio calculation, right? Like 25 centimeters over 175 centimeters equals X over 375 centimeters, right? That means that X should be the size of proportional's feet, which means that X equals 50 centimeters. So his feet should be 50 centimeters. That's still massive, but that's I'm not the length. That. Yeah, what is that in like feet? Um, that is 50 is four feet. His, no. his feet are four feet no 50 no sorry no. that's wrong centimeters is different than inches um, God, jesus me. christ <laughs> sorry 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 <laughs> hang on hang on that's amazing <laughs> sorry no it's more <laughs> it's more like two feet a little bit less oh, than. Yeah. Yeah. okay thank god okay so <laughs> like it just doesn't add up Right. So a court, a baby dolphin is so much bigger. A baby dolphin is like nearly four feet in length. Right. So his feet would be four feet long versus two feet long. Two feet long is very big, but makes more sense than four fucking feet. There's no way his feet are the size of a baby dolphin's. Wow. Also, like what a wild unit of measurement she chose for that. Like she could have just simply not chosen a baby dolphin to be how she described his feet. But she chose baby dolphin so specifically. And that's the smallest end of baby dolphin, right? Like that is a newborn baby dolphin. I remember reading that description as a kid and even being like, baby dolphin? Like really? (laughs) It didn't make any fucking sense. Which then brought me to talk about crop, right? So I get into Grop a little bit here, right? So Grop is 16 feet tall. Now I'm going to assume Hermione's on the short fucking end of this and she's five feet tall. Yeah, because she's like 13. She's 13. Well, by now she's like 17. Okay. still, like regardless, I'm going to say she's a teeny weeny teeny baby. Okay. (laughs) So she is weensy and she is five feet tall, which means that she's about a third Grop's height, right? tracks now for comparison i am a five seven human being so that would mean that i could just casually pick up an infant with one hand and just swing it all around now not totally far out of the realm of possibility given the fact that i have the weest of hand sizes but i find it pretty hard to believe that you can just like scoop up a baby with one hand, with very minimal effort. If you like scoop up a toddler by the front of their shirt. That's maybe. not what he did though. Yeah, he, he like King Kong up. held her. He like, yeah, yeah he. Yeah, yeah, the way you were holding your wine glass. So Caleb is just like picking up their wine glass and like holding it up and shaking it about a little bit. Um, yes, that is, seems to be what Grop did to Hermione. And there's no fucking way. At 16. Picking up a cat now. Yeah, that's hard. You did it with two hands. Yeah. Hold on. You're still doing it with two hands. I'm doing it with like my whole no. arm. Y- you, the so cat mad. hates it. You're yeah, this, I'm, you're sorry. Bubby, I'm sorry. That it's wrong. I, I'm glad that happened so we could. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, Lisa, out of curiosity, I, I'm five one. Do you regularly refer to me as a teensy weensy beanie baby? Uh, as often as I can. <laughs> I, t- I referred to you earlier today as a teensy weensy beanie baby. That's cute. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it doesn't make sense because they do. They describe him picking up Hermione 
King Kong fashion, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. like this, like this thing is exactly twenty what feet the tall. Yeah. Was. But like, yeah, no, he's only sixteen feet tall, and I like it. Even if Hermione is only five feet tall, right? That is like so unlikely. Like, nope, mm-hmm. just not a thing. Just what not if a thing. he? What if his like he's sixteen feet tall? Like, what if his hands are massive? I mean, are they the size of dustbins? They would be bigger than dustbins. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Hagrid's only like three feet shorter than Grop. Mm, Hagrid's like Hagrid's eleven feet, and Grop is sixteen feet. Okay, that's fair. So, okay, so he's like eleven feet. So okay, fine, he's five feet shorter. That's that's shorter. And so, if his hands are as big as dustbins, Grops are the size of bigger dustbins. What did you send us? <laughs> is it a virus? Oh, I sent you some more math, but it's different kind of math. Oh, interesting. 10 reasons why Hagrid is the most powerful wizard in Harry Potter. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah, I, see, I see this. I see this. And Lisa, oh, as, our resi- dick. As, as our resident mathematician. How legitimate uh, is math? Yeah. We're talking about I mean, ratios and base. I'm not ratios. sure what the base ratio is, right? So it says 69.5, 5.16. I got, oh, that's saying if you're 69. 0.5 inches tall and you have an average length in penis of 5.16 inches uh-huh. and Hagrid's 102 yeah I mean it checks out um so that's that that so according to this math Hagrid's dick is Hagrid's dick is like pretty inches. unimpressive yeah no 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 well, wait. but you gotta keep reading down you gotta keep reading however if taking the weight into consideration 195.7 rate base ratio. You oh, wait, we're comparing weight to inches. Okay, it's an interesting. Okay, Hagrid is 960. Holy shit, according to weight, his dick size is, does that mean oh, 25 inches? Now that's a big dick. <laughs> I'm sorry if I we could cut this whole thing out. I'm sorry if I just do I think that. we should just keep it in. I mean, we have so, to talk about it. We've talked about it. For for more information on Hagrid's stick, please see our Hogwarts Hangover episode. <laughs> we Where have, we, yeah. Again, we're talking about the uh, baby dolphin thing. Um, I don't know. It really depends on if you're going for like a weight to dick ratio or a height to dick ratio. And, you know, there's not really a big correlation between the two in general anatomy. So I, feel I was like wondering if, that. I feel like there's not every... with feet either, but there's no way that the fucking... They're like like people with who are taller tend to have larger feet, right? Like that is true. Like that correlation mm-hmm. does exist. It's not perfectly yeah. science, but um, the but my god, four feet is just too fucking big for. Yeah. A well, foot. actually, what a, what a lot of people don't know is that in early drafts of Sorcerer's Stones, J.K. Rowling actually describes his dick as being the size of a baby dolphin, and they <laughs> never caught that. Now, now that I believe. Yeah, they said that wasn't appropriate, but you can find it. You you can find you can it. You can find early it drafts. on the internet. Yeah, yeah it's canon. It's it's, it's that's canon. definitely canon. Yeah, she's like, well, I have to keep the baby dolphin thing in here. So <laughs> how do I do it? Yeah, so they were like, make it feet, and she's like, that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Balls the size of dustbins. <laughs> uh, I always thought that it that that I, I always just pictured dust pans. I, I pictured dustpan hands. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about really quick? My roommate, Zoe, just uh, texted me. Did you just shout Hagrid's dick? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Zoe. That cannot be the weirdest thing she's heard you shout during the course of this recording. Uh, That's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah, Hagrid's dick, that sounds like something you would like exclaim as like a curse or like something like Hagrid's like Hagrid's Hagrid's dick. Did that really happen? Like, 
I also just want to share, I'm recording this episode on my partner's computer and I just Googled on their computer, how big is Hagrid's dick? (laughs) And that makes, that brings me a lot of joy. (laughs) Yeah, I like that that's not incognito. Google's going to start serving Amy some of the strangest. (laughs) Oh, boy. before we kind of wrap up, um, uh, I just want to uh, give Fang another honorable mention. I know he's in the pet episode, but uh, we were worried about him at the end of the pet episode. And I looked it up because I was looking up Hagrid things. And you know what? It's apparently can't. I say it's canon, but Fang is still alive and well in like well into the late 2000s. So oh, yeah. I believe wizard, that. Wizard dogs don't die. Wizard dogs don't die. So we're fine. Fang is fine. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Same. Yeah. I just wanted He's everyone to know. Great. Yeah. Um, Do we want to run through favorite uh, Haggard moments or yeah. attributes? Yeah. So I, I gave mm-hmm. mine, but what are what are you guys? What was yours? Mine was the that first moment of meeting him oh, in the cabin. Oh, yes. Mm. I do love that one. Um, mm, I have to think about it for a second. I think I love when he gets really drunk. I, which, I don't even which know which time? book or time. So when does he have a stake across his eye? Oh, that's um. That's Order of the Phoenix. No. Yes. Yeah. That's when Grop comes in. Mm-hmm. Does he get really drunk around then? I just have this scene where I. There are many things I love about Hagrid. I really love that he's an awful cook and baker, and he makes them really bad food all the time but food they all, all the just time. pretend like it's fine yes i love that he drinks out of like a bucket-sized flagon and gets really wasted and my thought is he has to drink a lot to even feel the alcohol and then all the alcohol just comes crashing in on his system and then he cries um and then i think about him with that meat over his face crying for some reason but i just i love all those things about him he's such a giant mess mm-hmm. He's very relatable to me. <laughs> yeah, I love, so I love it when Hagrid is, and this is, tends to be pretty true for me, like uh, like going back to like the office, right? I love it when Michael Scott is competent. Like I love it mm-hmm. when he's good at his job. Yeah. Um, I love it when Hagrid is good at his job. Like he's talking about the Thestrals um, and you can tell that he's like really proud of what he did. He's like really, really good at things. Um, so I just like, I like, I like seeing Hagrid be confident. Um, and this is something that's not in the books, but it is in the movies. So I'm moving a little bit away from book canon. I know it's a bit, bit uncharacteristic of me, but I do love the scene in Hagrid's hut right after Malfoy calls Hermione a mudblood and mm. he just makes her feel better. Yeah. Because that's like such a Robbie Coltrane moment also. Like it was like Hermione's first like serious crying scene and she said in like past history in past interviews so many times that he made her feel so comfortable and so safe to like act in a new way. Um, and it was just like, that made me just like, that filled my heart a lot. That's so sweet. I wonder what Robbie brought to the character that we wouldn't have had. I think others. himself. I mean, so I included some of the like tributes to Robbie Coltrane from the cast um, after he passed. Um, and one of the ones so from from Emma Watson was that his talent was so immense it made sense he played a giant he could fill any space with his brilliance Robbie if I ever get to be so kind as you were to me on film 
on a film set. I promise I'll do it in your name and memory. Know how much I adore you and admire you. I'll really miss your sweetness, your nicknames, your warmth, your laughs, your hugs. You made us a family. Know that's what you were to us. There was no better Hagrid. You made it a joy to be Hermione. Oh, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine anyone else playing Hagrid. I I do think he was one of the, one of the best in terms of like, this is how I pictured this character. And absolutely. This is, I picture you now. Yeah. I like really matched. Yeah. There was no question to me at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, Hagrid is a, Hagrid is a, a truly, truly special character with a truly whole and kind soul. Um, and Robbie Coltrane was the same scene. Granted, yeah. I don't know. I did not know the man, but it does seem from all of his accounts that he is also an extremely kind man. Yeah. He will be missed. He will. Okay. So as always, um, if you hate yourself and want to email us, <laughs> you can email us at um, watcherharrypod at gmail.com. We're not going to look at it, but knock yourself oh. out. Um, if you would like to actually get in touch with us, I would recommend contacting us via Instagram. You can follow and message us at, uh, at watcher Harry podcast. Um, and that's what we check the most often. So would love if you contacted us there instead of our once a year email check, which is coming up, I guess it's coming up. Uh, well, yeah, maybe who knows? Yeah, we'll we might push it off for another year. And if anybody has any other character deep dives they're interested in yeah. us pursuing, let us know. We yes, are... I think I think we need yeah. a I think we need a female character yes. next. Maybe we'll do a <gasps> Hermione. Yeah. Oh. Hermione or Luna. It felt... Or McGonagall. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, all of the all of the ever eventually everyone will probably everyone get, will a, get deep get a deep dive. Um, yeah. Because I don't, I don't know how anyone listening feels about it, but I personally get so much more out of these characters after doing a deep dive on them. So I do love these episodes. I think that is true. I think, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for whichever one we do decide to do next. I think they bring, they bring like just so much depth to the characters, whether or not JK intended them to, but how we feel about them, I think. Yeah. Agreed. It was nice. So yeah, so follow follow us on Instagram. Uh, email us if you must, and okay. if you enjoy this podcast and want to rate or review us on Apple Pod, uh, we love that. Thank That's you. super helpful. Yes, thank you. It does. All right. Bye, y'all. Thank Bye, you. Y'all. Bye. Hey. The Watcher Harry Podcast is hosted by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, Lisa Moen, and Caleb Kelleher. Our editing is done by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, and our theme music is Dance Macabre Busy Strings by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.